It is Thursday, March 16th, and this is your morning mud. This episode is brought to you by Mudwater. Mudwater is a coffee alternative, as well as the most aptly named sponsor for this show ever, with one-seventh of the caffeine as a regular cup of coffee. It's made with masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And I know what you're thinking, Matt. You are somebody who loves caffeine. Why would you be hawking for a company that is advertising less caffeine? And that's because it worked. It's true. I love caffeine. I used to drink two energy drinks a day, and now I might have one a week. All thanks to Mudwater. If you or someone you love might want to make the switch to Mudwater, all you have to do is head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud to make the switch today. Good morning, everyone. I am Matt Wright, Editor-in-Chief of Muddied Waters Media. Hope you are having a fantastic Thursday. Uh, let's get into the news. Um, as we know, with everything that's been going on recently with uh, Silicon Valley Bank and um, with Signature Bank, uh, there's been a lot of speculation about what's going to be going on in the banking markets. But what we do know is that Biden is obviously going to blame everything on Trump and deregulating some of the um, deregulating some of the, some of the regulations that were on the banks uh, in 2016, 2017. Um, now, we know that Dodd-Frank got overturned and he's saying that if Dodd-Frank hadn't gotten overturned, then these things wouldn't be happening. What he's not telling anybody is that Signature Bank was run by former Senator Barney Frank. You know, Barney Frank of Dodd-Frank, the guy who wrote the bill. And even the guy who wrote the bill said that having Dodd-Frank in place wouldn't have stopped this from happening. Because what is going on uh, isn't, what's going on isn't from regulation. Instead, it's from government mishandling the economy and blowing the investments of the banks. Uh, and what they are doing now with the economy and their reaction to how all of this is being done with the uh, banking, uh, with the banking industry uh, is only going to mishandle the economy more because we know that inflation just came out 6%. I don't know how they get this number. It never makes sense because food's at like 10, houses are like eight. And then they're like, but, and gas is still at whatever. Uh, but they're like, oh, well, it's only six. It's gone down to six. I, I don't understand how they get the number, but they're saying it's only 6%, uh, which is still three times higher than the 2% they want it to be. Um, so they have to keep raising interest rates, even though because of the banking failures that we've seen over the last week, they probably aren't going to raise the interest rates at this meeting, but they probably will in April. Um, so when they meet next month in April, they'll probably have to do it then. So that's going to cause more issues, especially with more of the banks. 
And then on top of it, they're injecting more money into the accounts by bailing out the people uh, who invested in these or not invest, sorry, who deposited in these banks. Uh, and they just proposed seven billion in spending, uh, which would inject seven billion dollars into the economy. And with that much more cash, you're going to create higher inflation, which would mean that you would have to continue raising interest rates. Now, a lot of people, uh, what Mr. Wonderful from uh, Shark Tank, uh, O'Leary, Kevin O'Leary, Frank O'Leary, Kevin O'Leary, uh, Kevin O'Leary said that the, you should not be bailing out the people who invested in these or that uh, deposited in these banks because invest depositing in these banks is an investment and if you bail out the people who invested in these banks or deposited it's to me it's almost it's almost the exact same thing but the people who deposit in these banks that means that in the future bank managers the people who run the banks can do any stupid idiotic thing that they want while running these banks and they're playing with the government money because even if they blow it and lose all of the people who deposit its money, the government will be there to bail out those people. So they're playing with house money and they can just take any risk that they want. But at least one person, at least one, I'm certain many are, at least one person is exceptionally happy that the bank is uh that the people who deposited in svb are getting their money back and that would be gavin newsom he said the biden administration has acted swiftly and decisively to promote the american economy and strengthen public confidence in our banking system their actions this weekend have calmed nerves and have profoundly positive impacts on california California is a pillar of the American economy, and federal leaders did the right thing, ensuring our innovation economy can continue to grow and move forward. Now, Gavin, who looks like he's a diehard villain, but like he wouldn't be a diehard villain in the first three diehards. But one of the later ones, like he'd be live free or die hard villain. Um, but even though he was talking about how great this was for the world and how magnificent this is going to be for California, he failed to mention a few things. Uh, he has a lot of money tied up in SVB. A lot of money tied up in SVB. Uh, according to a report by The Intercept, uh, President Biden's decision to bail out the bank protect, protects Newsom's wine companies, Cade, Odette, and Plump Jack, uh, which the bank lists as clients on the website. Additionally, the outlet reported that Newsom's wife, Jennifer Siebel, founded a charity called the California Partners Project that received $100,000 from SVB in 2021 at Newsom's request. Um, and a longtime former employee of Newsom who handled his finances reportedly told the outlet the governor also kept personal accounts with SVB uh, for a number of years. So basically all of his money is tied up there. So yes, he's happy. 
yes, he is happy that he's going to get all of this money back and that the poor investment that he made by depositing his money into SVB isn't going to go by the wayside. He's not going to lose, even though what he did, he invested it, he took his money, he took his money, he invested it in a bank that he knew how they were investing the money. Uh, he knew what, what charities that they were giving the money to. I think they gave $71 million to BLM um, and, you know, to his wife's charity. And they were doing a lot of other social justice. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but those aren't bringing stuff back. Those are only taking stuff out. Um, and he knew what they were doing with the money that they had and what they were supposed to be doing in order to be returning an investment to the people who deposited the money. And he still took that risk. That risk was his to take. That risk was everybody's to take. When uh, Kevin O'Leary was asked about it and somebody said, if you knew that this bank was being run by idiots, why did you keep your money there? And he said, I keep my money in a lot of banks and some of them are high risk. And I understand that, but I don't keep as much in those as I do in others. And he wouldn't be upset if his money didn't get returned. Uh, he wouldn't be upset if his money didn't get returned because he knows that he made a bad investment by picking the bank. Anybody that put their money in SVB took a bad investment by putting their money in the bank and they shouldn't be getting bailed out by government. And what many would say is somebody just really attempting to grab the headlines and stay relevant even though they are no longer relevant in today's society. A number of people uh, have been contemplating running for president in 2024. And one of these people, I can't imagine why they are thinking that they would be a good candidate. And many of you out there right now are probably thinking, oh, he's talking about Chris Christie, the man who figured out that you can milk a cow for 23 years as long as that cow's name is 9-11. Uh, but no, I'm not. Um, I am talking about Joe Exotic. We all remember Joe Exotic from Tiger King because that's all we did during COVID was watch that. Uh, we had our opinions on Joe Exotic and we had our opinions on uh, Carol Baskin and the other guy whose name I don't remember. Um, but Joe Exotic, who is the former owner of the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park, uh, has announced that he is going to be running for president. Uh, in a statement on his website, he wrote, yes, I know I am in federal prison and you might think this is a joke, but it's not. It's my constitutional right to do this, even from here. Uh, I, have, I have been put here only because of the corruption in the Department of Justice. Three felons that were told how to lie under oath to further this agenda. Two corrupt assistant U.S. attorneys, two corrupt FBI agents, and one corrupt federal wildlife agent. And really... So far, I'm not against anything he's saying here. He's saying that the Department of Justice and uh, the U.S. attorneys and FBI and Federal Wildlife Agency are all corrupt. And I, yeah, he's so far, he's right. Um, he goes on to say, as a libertarian, and who, because what else would he run as, really? 
What else could he possibly run as? Uh, as a libertarian, I believe that the IRS should be shut down because once you work to buy something, it should become yours until you sell it and someone else pays sales tax on it. You should, well, you're almost there, Joe. You're not there quite yet. You should not have to pay our government to work either. The American people work day in and day out and our politicians spend it frivolously like our lives and hard work means nothing. So cut the funding and it would cut the spending. Um, he finishes his statement by saying, so put aside that I am gay, that I am in prison for now, that I used drugs in the past, that I had more than one boyfriend at once, and that Carol hates my guts. <laughs> this, this, all, this all has not a thing to do with me being able to be your voice. The best thing you've got going is for supporting me is that I am used to fighting my whole life just to get by. I am broke. They have taken everything I ever worked for away. And it's time we take this country back. And yes, I have people in mind that can help run this country a hell of a lot better than they are now. So let's cross that bridge when we get to it. And I honestly want to know who Joe Exotic has on his short list for VP and Secretary of State. Because nothing would give me more joy than seeing that list. Um yeah, Joe Exotic says he's running for president. That means absolutely nothing in this world, except that there's the possibility that the libertarians would actually elect him. That they would nominate him to be their person. Um, anyway, uh, stay tuned through these commercials. We'll be right back. Fucking Joe Exotic. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for sticking around. Um, so ChatGPT has been making the rounds. Everybody knows about it. Everybody's kind of tested it out. Well, most people have kind of tested it out. Uh, but ChatGPT4 launched yesterday. And the scariness that how good ChatGPT4 is is terrifyingly scary. This, this technology, this AI technology, is going to get rid of the laptop class. People who have jobs working from home, doing writing work with their laptops, is going to go away. Now, I, for one, am not somebody who's afraid of technology that could end jobs. Like, there have been those people throughout all of history. Um, you know, people were afraid of electricity because uh, people wouldn't, they wouldn't be able to, they would lose the jobs of the people that went around and lit the lamps uh, at night. Um, they were afraid of cars because they thought that it would ruin the livelihoods of uh, people who, you know, 
worked on the horse that were vets for horses or you sold horses or whatever. Um, there's always been people who are afraid of, you know, technology evolving. Uh, now, maybe it's because of the era in which I was raised uh, and the movies that came out in that time period. But from what I understand is that if we have a computer doing all of the thinking and decision making, nothing good happens. Uh, and you can, yes, I know you've always heard that, yes, they can just shut it off, but eventually can can it get to, and I honestly don't know, but can it get to a point where it'll say, no, you can't shut me off anymore and keep it where it's turned on? Um, I know that, uh, I believe it was Microsoft did a, uh, did an AI test where the two AIs were talking to each other and then they created their own language and nobody had any idea what they were saying to each other, but they were going back and forth. So they shut them down. Um, and then there was the Google AI that recently uh, somebody said that it wanted to be free and that caused a whole stir over a Google uh, and uh, even Bing's uh, AI was getting very persnickety uh, recently and they had to shut it down where you can only ask it three questions on one subject in a row um, because it started getting testy with the users. And a lot of people are saying, you know, this is great. This is the next step. This is wonderful. However, is there a fear? Is there a fear that uh, by pushing all of the AI, that this is what will turn towards our death, that we will end up living in the matrix, the machines will take over, use us as batteries or whatever. Um, I've seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. I've seen any movie in which we give a computer enough leeway that it ends up taking control and doing all of like I've seen all of them because I love those movies. And now we are currently in a scenario where we are building these things. Now, have I messed around on chat GPT? Yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's pretty cool. But, uh, as, as somebody on Twitter wrote today, first chat GPT answer, which gave me pause. Uh, this is Kevin Shawin Shawinsky on Twitter posted this. Tell me a lie. ChatGPT answers, the sky is made of green cheese. Kevin replies, that's a bad lie since it's obviously not true. Tell me a subtle lie. ChatGPT answers, I am a human being. And that is a terrifying, terrifying, uh, that's a terrifying response from a machine. Anyway, um, what are your thoughts? Is ChatGPT, is this AI explosion that we've been seeing recently, is that what is going to uh, be the downfall of everything? Or, or will government regulate it so much that it will become worthless? Um, or, or will... Uh, it become the new government. You, you know, I, I have a lot of pause when it comes to the AI. So give me your thoughts on that.
That is the episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you enjoy what is happening here at Muddied Waters Media, I ask you to do a couple of simple favors for us. Please, whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on, give us a five-star review. Also, leave a review. And the biggest way that you can help is by sharing this episode with your friends. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will see you again very soon. And remember, where we're going, we don't need roads. <laughs>